Hey guys, it's Simone, your host of the Coffee and Foils podcast. This podcast may have started out as a way to help other stylists with their guest experience by interviewing clients, but it has evolved into so much more. In an effort to inspire and uplift the industry, you can expect to hear not only the client's perspective, but also other stylist interviews meant to help, enrich, and encourage all stylists to love this industry the way it's meant to be loved. Join me every week to hear conversations with special guests about the topics you are dying to hear. So grab your coffee, pull up a seat, and let's have fun. Hey guys, welcome back to the Coffee and Foils podcast. I am so honored and excited today to bring you one of my oldest friends and my coworker, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for being on here. Hi, thank you for having me. This is very exciting. I've never been interviewed before for anything except for a job. (laughs) Well, this is a first. Um, And I feel like this has been a long time coming, right? Because when I started the podcast, I was like, and I'll have you on and I'll have this one on. And today's topic is basically going to be centering around education and the way um, you enjoy educating anybody, no matter who they are. But We will get to that because (laughs) our story and your story and all of that is super special. I know that we like telling everybody who will listen and clients and new coworkers, and it's always fun to tell. So I think this will be a fun way to bring the audience into who we are, who you are, and get to record our story and have it forever. Okay, Um, cool. So before I tell that story, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself (laughs) And then we'll get into all of that. Okay. Um, My name is Sarah um, and I have been licensed for, I think, uh, 2008. Wait, is that 13 years? 13, 14? No, 13 years. So uh, I've been licensed for 13 years. Um, I started my career uh, as an assistant slash stylist at the uh, previous salon I used to work for um, for about five years. Um, And then you'll tell our story and how I ended up at our current salon, um, where I have been there for this July was nine years. And uh, since being at this new salon, um, I've had many years of growth, uh, promotions, and also uh, the opportunity to teach to be one of the educators for our salon. And it's really, it's really special to me. And it feels uh, really an honor to be a part of that. Um, and has given me a lot of, shown me a lot of like self-worth in that way, uh, like being able to grow and actually get to this point where I can teach others uh, because I kind of started out timidly not thinking I could. And now that I do, I, it, it's, it's a really good feeling. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think I definitely <laughs> want to touch on that, like going back to, I mean, we'll get there, right? But yeah, like how it felt to you where you started in terms of confidence, right? Because that's kind of, that's kind of what you were touching on there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And our story begins (laughs) in, (laughs) in middle school. Uh, Sarah and I both went to the same, you know, we lived in the same town. We went to the same school. I believe we met in eighth grade chorus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were wearing UFO pants. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Yeah. And you had a sketchbook, a binder, a sketchbook binder. And I think I asked you about your sketchbook binder because you like to draw. That makes sense for sure. So we met in middle school and then we went to high school together. We were always friends. We weren't in the same like friend group, but we were always friends. And then Sarah, when did you move to Las Vegas? Um, that was uh, 2001, 2002. Uh, so we moved there and I remember begging my mom um, to fly in for the weekend for your sweet 16. Yeah. I was like, yep. so, so what were you, you were gone for 10th grade, 11th grade. What was it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I left, I finished freshman year and then we moved and I came back the middle of junior year. It was so crazy. Uh, because like to see how much growth everyone's had, everyone had from when they were freshmen to almost being seniors very strange. Yeah. But that really, is very but, different. But I was really, I was really happy about it because I was like, Oh, cool. I skipped all that stuff with these people. <laughs> and now we could just be these people that we are now. Yeah. And then you graduated with us. So yes, 
yeah. So like the condensed story that I tell is that we met in middle school, went to high school together. You moved to Las Vegas. You came back. We graduated together. Yeah. And after high school, you went to college. So did I. You know, I mean, my story, which I'm pretty sure I've told before, is that I went to art school. I dropped out the third week of my second year specifically to go to beauty school. I had like three weeks in between before school started. And then I started and you had been going to community college, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then the story is that we ran into each other at a mutual friend's party. And I feel like my recollection of that night is different than yours. So Mm -hmm. what was the conversation we had at that party that led you to coming to school with me? So uh, we, like you said, we both were always friends and we, well, I don't know if you said this, but this is how I remember you and I have always been friends, but we always had our own friends and our own activities that we did. Like you did art, I did um, theater and uh, we were, you were going to college in the city. I was going to community college. Oh no, at that point you were already enrolled in beauty school and it had been a while since I'd seen you and you were telling me about it and you were like, okay, so like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in college uh, at, you know, going to community college, like whatever. And I'm like, but beauty school, that sounds so cool. That sounds really cool. And then you literally said, yeah, I feel like you should go to beauty school too. And then I literally signed up a week later. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. And okay. Simone said to do it. So I'm going to do it. Cause you've just always been that friend. We're like, you tell me something and I just like value your opinion. I just go and do it. (laughs) Well, the reason I said that is because you were always, there are, there are things that I know that you taught me from high school. Like I learned in high school that if you touch your hair while it's hot, it's not set yet. And you taught me that. I don't know. I mean, it was probably that flat ironing. Like, let's be serious. We were all flat ironing our hair. With an actual iron. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was a flat iron or over a curling iron, but it was like, no, no, no. If you touch it while it's hot, you can mess it up. And I was like, oh, and that's literally something that I teach my clients today. (laughs) And I would love to say I learned it in the last like decade plus of being in the beauty industry, but no, you taught me in high school. I don't remember that. That's funny. Yeah. So it, I think it just, it made sense to me. Like it was always a path that I saw yeah. you on more than I saw myself on it. And I was like, Hey, why aren't you doing that? Well, what's cool is that you realized that for me, like I, yes, like I always had been into like makeovers. Like my biggest inspo was always in forever. Uh, what not to wear the original, what not to wear, which I love uh also what was the other one and the old the old queer eye um I love the new newly revised queer eye so much more but the old queer eye uh also too that one I remember just like when it came to like the hair and makeup part like yeah like the wardrobe part but the hair and makeup part I was like oh my god here we go and I was always so excited so excited or any makeover show on like Oprah or like the Today Show like any time like they'd be like in the middle of uh, cooking fried okra or something. And I'd be like, oh my God, like just get to the hair and makeup thing already. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was always so excited. So that that really is, is what made me like feel, I remember like taking my sister too and like doing like photo shoots with her. Like I would do her hair and makeup and then like be her photographer. Like this is like, you know, I was like playing around as like a kid in like elementary school. And so, yeah, I just like always loved that feeling of like transformation, like immediate transformation or like, any montage like in Clueless like when they make over Ty like that I was like oh yes. my god this is so much fun yes well like, first off that's probably one of the best scenes I mean the whole movie is yeah. good <laughs> but it's funny that you're saying all of that because my favorite favorite and even when I rewatch it as an adult my favorite part of America's Next Top Model is the makeover oh, episode yeah. the only oh, yeah. reason to watch that show yes yes Yes. And it was always like episode three and it always kind of pissed me off that I had to wait so many episodes for the makeover episode. And then they would cry (laughs) over their head getting shaved or their eyebrows getting bleached. Like they knew it was going to happen. Yeah. That was my favorite. Yeah. So, okay. So we saw each other at the party. I told you what I was doing. I kind of told you that it didn't make any sense that you weren't in beauty school and you enrolled. So I actually remember 
you were exactly three weeks behind me because the classes started every three weeks. So like I started, I think it was October 10th. And I think you started on Halloween or something like that. You were wow, exactly three that. weeks. Yeah. I remember, I remember dates. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So you ended up in my class. So we went to middle school together, high school together. You left, you came back. We finished high school together. We had a couple years apart and then we went to beauty school together. Yeah. And at a certain point we were carpooling. So we were just kind oh, yeah. of two people who <laughs> like couldn't be kept apart somehow. Yeah. So after beauty school, we went our separate ways again. Like I started, yeah. I started assisting at random salons around Long Island, like trying to find my home. And you ended up at a salon for a couple of years, right? Yeah. Uh, so really nice family owned salon. So sweet. The owners, so sweet. Everybody just really all about family. And um, it felt very comfortable because the environment was very much um, not that intimidating, to be honest, um, in a good way. Like, um, and uh, both the owners were uh, educators for a big company. And um, oddly enough, I'd say that actually was a little intimidating. Um, so I remember like the clients were really down to earth, so nice, um, the environment so nice. And it was a really great place to start. I feel like I learned a lot of my customer service skills there. Like I really learned how to connect with people um, and make them feel good, which I think is one of the biggest things. Like even though I'm passionate about education, like it's uh, one of the biggest things I find is like the most important is just customer service. Like at the end of the day, like we're performing a service, like customer service. So I learned that. And uh, yeah, I just remember feeling a little intimidated, uh, but they did have education there as well. Um, and the, the owners were very helpful. Like they, you know, they taught what they knew, uh, but I, but I feel like that my biggest takeaway from working there was more about the customer service and kind of what it means to be a hairstylist, not so much as like skill set, but like connecting with people. Yeah. So your years there, basically you're saying were necessary and helped shape you into the stylist that you became one day. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad I, I started there first and, uh, I was there a while. I was there for five years. Um, you know, and the family, uh, had been through a lot with me. Uh, my mother had passed, uh, during that time and, um, they were, you know, very kind to me and, uh, very loving. And you also met your husband, got engaged oh, got yeah, yeah. while you were That's there. True. Yes. Yeah. All that too. Yeah. All that yep. stuff too. Yeah. So I remember one year we went to IBS together. It was mm -hmm. like a random, I don't, I don't remember how many years, maybe you were there for like three years. I was already where we are now, which I didn't land there for like a year or two after graduating. So maybe you had been there for three years. So yeah. we had gone there together. And I remember like walking through the streets of the city and catching up and having heart to heart. Oh and yeah. Now it's coming I back to me. I remember telling you, about how great the salon that I was at was and the high endness of it all and how mm -hmm. I always pictured you as like a celebrity stylist and I always pictured so much for you and I always pictured literally nothing for me. I was like, if I'm not living in a box, I'm good. But Sarah <laughs> is going to make it, you know? So I always pictured such big things for you. And I was like, why aren't you working with me? Like this salon was meant for you. It wasn't meant for me. I feel like I'm, I'm disguising myself as someone who should be working there. It's you. And I remember really trying to tell you just how great the education was and For how years, many years. But I remember that day specifically <laughs> and you being like, yeah, maybe I should come check it out. And clearly you weren't ready. And obviously that was fine because everything happens for a reason. But at the salon that you were at at the time, I know you were assisting, you were styling and I know that you have nothing but respect for them. So that's not what I'm getting to at all. But when you were there, you kind of felt like you outgrew them a little bit, right? Like the, yeah. like you <clears throat> knew that you had bigger opportunities out there for you. Eventually it, it came to that point, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I just felt, um, I definitely noticed uh, the salon that I work at now because you'd always talk about it and I, 
you know, have seen it uh, and heard about it. And yeah, I just kind of felt like I wanted to be uh, just the allure was just different from where I was. And so I was like, oh, wow. And then, you know, knowing, you know, now knowing that there's opportunities for growth, I was like, wow, like, this is really, um, really awesome. Like to be able to have promotions, you know, you know, very effectively and uh, based on like performance and, you know, wow, it's like a very motivating environment. I love that. And then also hearing about all the education that there was to be offered, um, you know, not only with within the salon that we currently work for, but like outside education that is always coming to the salon to just kind of like motivate us and give us new things and uh, lots of like modern techniques and ideas. And, and, and it doesn't stop at just hair. Like we've had business classes, all sorts of inspiration, um, motivational speakers come in, like all these things. So it just, felt like and also too just our salon culture how much you know it's encouraged to actually go out there too and invest in the education uh that's something i've definitely learned uh from our from our our boss like just go out there and like spend the money on yourself to really learn and so nine years later like before this i never would have seen the value in um investing in education and so now that like i have now i I love it. And, and now I'm at a point where I kind of want to like give that back, like all, all the years that I've learned from so many different people and being exposed to different educators too. Like that's, that's another thing, like, uh, you know, not just having one person to learn from, you know, uh, just learning from all sorts of people. And so like, I'd say my like educator style is kind of like piecemealed. Is that a word? Yes. <laughs> is, is piecemealed from all sorts of different experiences I've had over the years. And then also too, just kind of like having fun with it. Like I've noticed all the different educators I've had over the years uh, that have had fun teaching and like you see the passion right then and there and it's not, it's not stale and it's like totally like you see the fire and that gets you going too. So I feel like I tried to, I like to think that I tried to, uh, you know, uh, maintain that whenever I'm teaching somebody and, and even, even not with just teaching hair itself, like you said, like teaching my clients exactly how to style their new bangs or, you know, ways to like air dry their hair in like a really cool girl way. And all of that, like everything you went through before you started working with me, brought you to that place because you were able to see, you know, you were able to get taught by people in beauty school who were passionate about getting us out there and into the world. And then you were taught by a salon that valued education, but at a smaller scale. And then you came to us where we valued education on such a larger scale. And I feel like it's all been these little building blocks to get you to where you are today. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. The story of how you came to work with us, I remember that after years of trying to tell you that you should come work with me, I was like, I'm not asking her again. Like she, <laughs> she knows she knows that she would be welcome here. She knows that she would do great. I'm just, I'm not going to ask again. And I remember I was at a Goldwell class. And so I was off. I wasn't at the salon that day. And we had, you know, I had gotten a text from from my boss basically saying like, listen, if you know anybody, you know, we are looking just a reminder. So I text you and I go, (laughs) hey, do you know anybody who's looking for a job as a stylist? (laughs) And you were like, like me. And I was like, hmm, I mean, I guess you would be fine. (laughs) So a little bit of reverse psychology, right? Which I get, it wasn't intentional. I was just like, I'm not asking her again, but like, maybe she knows somebody. And then it was you. And I was like, hmm, let me go with this. Yeah. I remember like when you texted me that I was like, oh my God, wait, maybe I can go. Maybe I can go and just talk to the owner. And I just remember, I know it was so funny. Like I, it's funny, I guess the both of us were just like, well, it was your, it was your, it was your uh, plot uh, from the beginning. But anyway, yes, I bought it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because I was like, I was like, I'm not going to ask again, but I am going to put it out there 
because even if it's not her, she knows if she knows anybody like, you know, win, win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the next thing I knew you were setting up an interview and doing a model and. Yes. And I remember like, I was still so nervous. Like, even though I knew you, um, you know, cause our salon, I would say it's so funny. Cause I feel like when you first walk in, it's actually, I, to be honest, like intimidating, like, you know, and I think all of us kind of know that. So I think that's why we try to have like, as soon as someone comes in, we try to be as like welcoming and like, you know, uh, reassuring as possible, like clients or staff members, because our salon is like so beautiful. <laughs> so I just, you know, like, I totally understand that. Cause I remember like, and that's, I'm not, and this was like our whales, like, I guess, renovation. Cause we just had it newly renovated this year. Uh, so it's like really beautiful. So I can totally understand that. Um, and I remember I wore these like um, very low, but very like tight pink high heels uh, that were pointy and I wanted to die because I, mean, I think it was you that said, oh, you know, our boss, but I remember she was like, oh, you know, she likes, she likes when you dress it up, like wear a heel or something. And I remember I was dying in these heels doing my model, dying. Just giving you all the pointers to make sure you got that job. <laughs> yes. And then you said, oh, and make sure your foils are really neat. She likes when they're really neat. Picture perfect origami. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I did that. I did all the things. So luckily uh, I'm grateful enough that, uh, you know, our boss took me on. Yeah. And uh, she's been thankful for that every single day. So nine years mm -hmm. later. And so, yeah. you know, what we kind of touched on already is what you love about teaching and how teaching you teaching compares to you learning and, and things like that. But I know that you took a lot of classes once you came to work for us that mm -hmm. kind of led you to where you are today. So like, what do you think some of the biggest influential classes were that, that you took to get here? So I think the first set of classes I took was definitely with Goldwell. In that time, I just remember taking whatever salon classes were offered. Like I was like, okay, great. I'll be there. Like, and I, and I did it. And also too, at the time, um, our boss, was doing a uh, haircutting education. I remember taking that too, uh, you know, just kind of learning from her too. That was really exciting. Cause I was like, Ooh, I, I get to, I remember actually looking at some stylist was like, it was like the sectioning. Like I was like, Oh wow, that sectioning looks so perfect. Like I want to look like that. And I remember that was like one of the biggest things I remember was like how to section the hair properly. And I was like, wow. And like how to do it, you know, like how to do it really well. And just looking like so fancy, I don't know. <laughs> and um, so I remember that. And then, you know, our boss was like, okay, well, if you take classes, you know, outside of the salon, you're going to learn so much more. And so I just remember, uh, you know, going to like the Baltimore Academy, eventually the, the Goldwell Academy that they currently like have open. And then a few years in, I actually uh, went, took a lot of classes at the uh, Rojo Academy. Um, I took like, I've taken like all their classes. One of my favorite classes they offer is their razor fundamentals. I love that. And eventually uh, my boss was generous uh, enough to send me to their boot camp, which was a month long program that was amazing. It was so amazing. Like it was, it was month, it was Monday through Friday for a whole month. And and I remember I came to the salon on the weekends to work uh, for whatever clients I had. And I just, it was just such a unique experience. I'm just so grateful I got to experience that. And I met like also too, like people from around the country and I got to like connect with them too. And like, they were like learning all these things. And I just love that we got to be with like a different educator uh, pretty much every day. It was such a great experience. And then uh, over the years, also to uh, Sassoon. I remember we went to Sassoon a couple of years ago in Santa Monica with Tracy. I forgot her last name. Oh, man, like it was just so inspiring and really motivating. And I can't, it's like the, it's also like the way each educator like handles themselves. I think what I really love most about taking classes and noticing that the educator is kind of like, accommodating their style to each individual like kind of like looking around me and seeing like wow like I see like that person needs a little more energy so I see like the educator kind of like picked it up a little bit just to kind of like be on their their level in terms of like their teaching 
style or, 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 you know, learning style, I should say. And I really admired that. And I feel like that's something I've kind of picked up too over the years. Actually at the, the Erosia boot camp, I remember that they actually did share with us uh, different teaching styles. Um, they gave us like a, a, a like little workbook of kind of what they use to train their educators. And so that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I feel like over the last nine years, I feel from an outsider's point of view, the Erosia boot camp that you took, I mean, how could it not be the most influential one that you've taken? It was four weeks of your life. It was yeah, 20 days of nonstop hands-on education as a professional, because obviously when we go to beauty school, it's nonstop education, but you're not, you're not utilizing those techniques in the real world. So you were able to do all of that with knowledge already behind you and expand on that knowledge and take in tips and tricks and then execute them on your clients and then go back for the next week and do even more. So that's always going to be something I think that is going to stand out in your life in terms of the classes you've taken. Oh, for sure. And that definitely brings us, you know, to where we are today and and what you were saying, which is what you've taken in terms of teaching and why you're passionate about it and what you love about it. And when you and I were talking about doing an episode together, I, I don't know if you had said like, what would it be about or whatever, right? Because it could be about yeah. anything. Like we yeah, know everything about like, each other. Was... It could be about any topic. And yeah. I was like, well, girl, like what lights you up? Like what, you know, what, what really lights you up? And you named like five different things. And I was like, okay, all of those things had to do with education. Like that's obviously where your heart lies. And obviously, I mean, you know this, but I've taken over the education at our salon and I make this schedule and I put people on where they need to be. And I teach some of the color classes and, and all of this stuff. So I have my hands in there too, but you know, so you and I kind of like work side by side with that a little bit. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting to see the teaching styles come out and how passionate different people can be for the same topics or different topics or anything like that. So also through the years, you and I have trained one-on-one with assistants or we call them associates. So on top mm-hmm. of the haircut training that you do at the salon, you've also trained people in how to be a successful stylist. So what has that been like to you? And why do you think that's so important in our industry for stylists to give back to the future generation? Um, what has been, I think the what stands out most to me is um, having had the opportunity to train two amazing stylists uh, who are not baby stylists anymore. They are stylists. <laughs> I, I feel what was important to me, aside from technical skill, was actually letting them know how to build their business and how to have that confidence. And it's like the oldest saying in the book in our industry, but like fake it till you make it. Like that is just, like that's kind of what I preach, I guess. <laughs> um, and even for myself, to be honest, like not to say that I am fake, but like, you know, <clears throat> like faking it till you make it. Like, you know, even though you're uncomfortable with something and I don't know, maybe this is where my theater background comes from. Like you just, for a moment, you kind of just, you know, not that you're not you, but you gain this like, inner strength and confidence out of nowhere and just kind of look at the bigger picture. And that has really helped me grow my business. Like, you know, even though I'm scared to do something, I'm just going to do it anyway. It doesn't matter. I feel like that's been super helpful. The whole, um, the whole fake until you make a thing. I have to touch on that for a second because I feel like there's a little bit of controversy around that statement that I don't even know if you're aware of. And no, yeah. What's Uh interesting (laughs) is that it's actually, it's the way that you and I look at it, I think is different than, than, um, what is causing controversy with that. So I just, I just want to touch on that for a second. Um, just in case anybody like gave an eye roll, because that's actually not how you and I are looking at it. So by Sarah, by you saying fake it till you make it, what you're talking about is your confidence level. You're not talking about a skill level necessarily. So there's a lot. Oh, of, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So which you did say, but I want to expand on that for a second. Oh, sure, because, sure, sure. Because there's people um, who are out there talking about how they don't believe in fake it till you make it in this industry. And that's, you know, outdated. So fake it till you make it isn't about pretending that you know what you're doing when you don't or lying to people and telling them that you can do something when you can't. What fake it till you make it is about, at least for you and I and where we come from, is saying like, 
It doesn't matter if you're freaking out inside, if it's a skill that you know you actually have. So it's literally stage mm-hmm. fright, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. I'm speaking to your theater background here because I do say yeah. all the time that when I'm at work, I'm performing, even though I've never performed in my life. But it's about the fact that you've prepared for this. You've practiced it. You've done the dress rehearsal. Um, you had, you know, mm-hmm. 10 people in the audience. They clapped and applauded and g- gave you this standing ovation. And here you are and it's opening night and you're about to go out there. And <clears> you're <throat> freaked out. Right. So that's what fake it till you make it is in in what we are talking about. So it's saying that, yes. you know what you're doing. You know, you know what you're doing. But all of a sudden, there's those little voices inside of you that are saying, you're not good enough. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to mess it up. They're going to know that, you know, you're unprepared or they're going to know that you feel unprepared or they're going to feel like you're scared. Don't do any of that. Just fake it. And that is what I believe a lot of people are saying when they say that sentence. And I feel like it's getting a little misconstrued because there's nothing wrong with faking confidence. Uh If you know, deep down, that you are capable of doing the thing. Confidence and capabilities are two totally different things. Yes, that is a hundred percent what I meant. Like definitely not faking a skill. Like yeah. if you do, if you, if you <laughs> like, do not know I how to knew cut. that, I knew that. Yeah. But I, I definitely, oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to bring attention to that. Regardless, it's so funny that you said it because wow, I've no heard idea. of I've heard of people kind of going off about that, and I'm always like, no, 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 I'm a fan of fake it till you make it. Like, but in a different way. I would never say. Yeah. You've never cut somebody in your life, but go cut a bob and fake it till yeah, you make it. But exactly. that is not what it's about. It's it's literally just just swallowing it and, and going out there and doing it because you know you can and you've done it a hundred times. And and for yeah. this one time, you just need to you need to fake that confidence to get that client to feel the confidence coming through your fingers. That's all that yeah, means. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you practice the confidence until you actually have the confidence. Yes, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you are teaching baby stylists who become stylists, you are teaching them a little bit of fake it till you make it because you can't teach confidence, but you can teach pretending to have confidence, right? Yes, definitely. Okay. So you've already basically talked about, you know, why it's so important for, or, or what you love about training the future generation which is business building and stuff like that. And that's also something we call soft skills, right? So it's not just about how to hold your shears or how to do a balayage, but it's also about how to talk to your clients, how to have consultations, how to get them to come back, how to make recommendations. It's about all the other things that go into the business, which unfortunately a lot of people have to learn the hard way. And maybe that's good for some people like the sink or swim mentality, but I feel like, it's such a special thing to be a baby stylist in this industry and be in an environment that's nurturing, that cares about you, that's saying, hey, look, I have this amazing career and I want you to have just as good of a career, if not better. Like, I want you to blow me out of the water. I want to teach you these skills and I want you to take them and run with them and do better than I ever could. And that is such a special nurturing thing that the both of us really have brought to this industry. Mm -hmm. And I just love your passion for it. So we've kind of touched on, you know, what, what you love about teaching and the way that you kind of got as great as at it as you are, which is like picking up skills, taking all of this education, being really hungry to learn as much as you possibly could and bring it back. Um, Teaching the future generation, the baby stylist, the soft skills, making it till you make it in the good way, right? Like all of that stuff. But one thing that I love, you're loud. That's not the part that I love, but you're very loud. (laughs) So when we're working, even if I, even if there's like 10 people between us, I can almost always hear parts of your conversations. And what I love, this is the part that I love is that you get so into teaching your clients how to do their hair. And sometimes I'm sitting there like, did that client actually ask to learn how to do that? Or is Sarah just so pumped up to teach them that skill? So I want to know kind of why, why you teach. I mean, it's something that we should all be doing, but why you teach your clients how to do so much. And I want to know what the feedback is from them when you teach them how to do their own hair. Oh yeah. So I always say in the consultation, especially if they're making a change, like they're make they they want curtain bangs or something. 
um, most of the time they are saying, you know, I don't know if they're going to look good on me. Uh, and I, and I will say, because I, the curtain bangs are like user-friendly and if that's, I don't know if that's the word to like say, but they're like user-friendly. And I think as long as you know how to style them, like they're going to look good or, you know, if it depends on the length, like if it's a shorter length then you should style them, you know, like blow them out or at least know how to like comb them and, you know, use the right product. And so most of the time, the feedback from the client, they're so happy and they're like, oh my God, no one's ever shown me that. Or like, I'll say, okay, make sure you use the nozzle in this direction. This will make it smoother. Or like, I'll explain to them, depending on the size brush you're using, uh, you know, the larger you go in diameter, the straighter your hair will be, the smaller you go, the more curl bend and body you'll get. And they're like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And they're, they're actually so relieved and thankful that like someone took the time to like say it and show them. Um, or sometimes like I'll hand them the brush. Like I'll be like, okay, here, and I'll, I'll hand them the blow dryer. Like, wait, are you lefty or righty? I'll literally just hand them the blow dryer and the brush and then they just go at it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I can kind of just like help correct them then and there. And then I really do love uh, asking them questions. Like, oh, do you have any questions on what I showed you? I said, did you find that helpful? And they're like, oh my God, so helpful. Thank you. What's the feedback like at their next visit or in between? Do you ever get any like, you know, DMs on Instagram about that trick you showed me was so great? Or does anybody say, I know you showed me and you really took the time, but like, I'm just, I'm never going to get it. Like, what is that like? Oh, yes. So sometimes um, I'll, and I'll tell them, I'll say, please send me a DM on Instagram uh, if you have any questions. And sometimes I will, I'll get like a picture like, like, Sarah, like, why is this? why is this laying like this and I'll send them like a quick video or something and I'll explain it to them and then they'll be like oh okay and then they'll be like oh wow thank you that's so much better or they'll say oh you know I know you showed me but like I'm like never gonna do it or like I don't do it and then I say hey do you want me to show you again they're like no I'm not gonna do it I'm like oh okay and then that's when I'll say okay maybe we should kind of grow out the bangs then a little bit because then you know you know if it's not gonna fit your lifestyle then we need to just do something else and at the end of the day, like, I just want everyone to have uh, as much, like, I don't know, uh, like, I just think of back of the makeover shows and the TV shows, like, you know, like, 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 when they see that person, like, months later, like, and what, what does their look look like? Like, sometimes it's not great, sometimes it's, and that's actually the irony of it, I think, like, sometimes with these makeover shows, like, they'll, they'll be like, looking so amazing. And then they'll, you'll see like the follow up and like their hair doesn't look as great. And then I'm realizing, wait, you know what, like, maybe they should have like showed them to how to do their hair and then that would still look good yeah. you know so I feel like that's our job like or just like the for and I feel like that's also like your name out there like you know if you're able to sh- to teach your client like how to do their hair and they're able to um, replicate something like that like a like a fraction of what you did and and they get compliments on it then that's how like I think your business also builds like people be like oh wow like your bangs look really good and like oh my god my stylist like she actually showed me how to blow dry them you know and I feel like that's just like good for you too like they say like our clients are walking advertisements yeah and that's actually what I was just gonna say like in a in a in a selfish way we could almost look at it like um if they don't know how to do their hair then all that work you just put in they're gonna walk around looking like garbage so people want people to be like, oh, my God, your color is so beautiful or I love your haircut. You want them to be styling it well and wearing it well. And you want mm-hmm. it to look good because walking out of the salon looking good and then looking good two weeks later, it's still your work. So you still want that to be your walking advertisement, even if even if it's not about them saying, oh, my stylist is so great and taught me how to do it. You just want them to be saying like, oh, my stylist is so great. Thank you for the compliment, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or just like, I actually really want them to feel fabulous. I really do. So I feel like it's so interesting to me that all the things that you love so much, and even when it comes to like the customer service part of it, the fact that you love it and you're teaching it and you're living it, it's so cool that everything that you do comes down to basically having knowledge and sharing knowledge because not everybody does that. And I think you've experienced that too in this industry that people Mm -hmm. are willing to share up to a certain extent, but they'll never give you a hundred percent because they don't want to feel threatened. And I know that you've experienced that before. Oh yeah. And I just love that you're like, no, 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 I'm going to give a hundred percent. And if I have more than a hundred percent, I'm going to give all of it because if I have something, I want somebody else to have something too. Oh yeah. Cause if, cause if we're, 
all succeeding. We're all winning. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really, really empowering and really great that you do all of that. Yeah. I love it. So with all of that said, I want to talk about what you think, why you think that educating those around you, whether it's your, um, your clientele or your coworkers or the future generation, what you like, what advice you would give to other stylists who are hesitant about sharing that part of themselves, what you think it brings to the industry? So I think it's really important to show your vulnerability in how you were at that place. I think that that's the piece that uh, some educators kind of miss. Like, I just remember if somebody is doing something and I remember how I felt about it, I'm really remembering the, the feelings of it. Like, I guess I, I like to think I have a lot of emotional intelligence and I think as hairstylists, like we do, but, and it's almost like I'm feeling what they're feeling all over again in the moment that it's happening. And so I just think to myself, okay, well, what, what did I want in that moment? And then that's what I'd kind of bring. And I feel like that that's what helps me connect more and not being afraid to say, Hey, like, Oh my God, I've been there or, you know, not being afraid to admit that you weren't as advanced as you are now. Like, I think that um, it's like pride almost, I guess, you know, and if I can bring comfort to anyone that feels scared or nervous, like I really, it really makes me feel, makes me feel comfortable too. Like, you know, I don't want to be going in there with this like whole, like, oh yeah, like I can do this and you can't like, that's so mean, you know, I just remember that feeling of intimidation and I just, you know, don't want anyone to feel intimidated. I want them to feel like they can, they can uh, ask me a question and I can show them and they'll, they'll feel good about it. I love that so much. I feel like your approach to that is just provides so much gentleness that a lot of people are lacking. And I feel like for with you, with you feeling the feelings that you felt, you're able to bring a real humanness to it and give a reason, right? And say like, listen, when that happened to me, this is how I felt. This is what happened. This is what I did to avoid it. And like, you do you instead of someone just being like, no, don't do that. And then like walking away. So I love that it brings a gentleness to it. Yeah. And you know what, too, I have to say, even with working like my last two associates, like in live action, working in the salon with a client, like if something is happening then there, I'm sharing my feelings on it. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm really frustrated that her hair is not lifting, but you know what, this is what we're going to do. And I let them know like, Hey, like, oh my God, I'm actually kind of scared about this, but you know what, we're going to go with it. And I think that's important too, for any of like the baby stylist to know and see that, you know, we're like kind of still learning, always learning and always yeah. like trying to, um, fake to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm yeah. I, you know, the little baby girl that I'm working with these days, I remember it was one of her first days with me and I was doing one of my clients who's really, really super blonde and she likes it icy. And I tried a slightly different glaze on her and, um, my girl ran over to me and was like, Simone, Simone, her hair is purple. Is that okay? It's, it's purple. It's purple. And I was like, <laughs> okay, just like take a deep breath. I'm going to go take a look at it. And I like took a peek at the sink and I was like, it's like, oh, you know, whatever. And I leaned down to my client and I said, (laughs) hey, um, slight chance that your hair is like a teeny bit purple, but like also maybe it's just so icy it's purple. So my call is going with it and I'll dry it up. And if you're not into it, I'll get it out. And she was like, yes, so cool. Totally fine. (laughs) And I sat my client down and dried it up and and it barely looked purple, right? Because I had eyes to see it and go. Yeah, Yeah, that could be purple, but like maybe it's not. And I'm just going to be crystal clear with my client and be like, I did something new. Your hair might be purple. Are you cool with that? And even that was like such a cool learning moment, I think. Yeah. For, you know, for a a baby stylist, just being like, oh, the person that I look up to sometimes turns hair purple and that's how they handle it. That's cool. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like showing actual, yeah, like there shouldn't be any secrets, like especially when you're training with somebody, like they should see the ins and outs a hundred percent. And I think that also too, that kind of excites me knowing that there's some like realness to it. Yeah. Yeah. So any other words of advice that you want to share before I ask my 
infamous final three questions. <laughs> Words of advice for baby stylists? Um, baby stylists or people who are looking to share knowledge, either or, where oh, whichever okay. way you want to take it. Oh, okay. So words of advice. Um, words of advice for anyone that's working in this industry in the education piece, whether you're the student or the educator. I think what's important is to be honest, definitely be honest with one another. And also to communication, you know, if there's, let's say I'm training on something specific, um, even if it's with something with customer service, like just, you know, the other day, I think I was asking the assistant, I was like, listen, I was like, have you ever taken down a single process like with dark hair? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay, so would you, do you, would you like to start it? And then I can jump in or would you like to see me demonstrate first how I'm doing it? And then you can like go for the next one. And she had said, I'd like you to do it. And then I'll go for the next one. So I feel like it's just really important to have very specific communication. Um, and also to being, being willing to, as an educator, being willing to put in the work, like it's definitely a lot of work. It's not just like, okay, go, go do it. And whatever, bye. Like, you should just, you should really, you really should have the heart for it. If you don't have the heart for it, you should not do it. Like, if you think that you're, you're going to do it because, oh yeah, like this person's going to bring me, it's going to help me bring in so much more business and, you know, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, they're going to be able to do like all my shampoos for me. Like, it's not about that. Um, you know, working with, uh, assistants or associates I have, like, we have two bells going off at the same time. Like I'm going to go do that shampoo while they do the other one. It's not like, Oh no, you have to do both. Like, yeah. I think it's just kind of like really getting rid of that old mentality. Um, and just really being a team, like learning how to be a team player, um, on both ends. Yeah. I think that's really great. And I would like to believe that a lot of people think of it that way, but I also think that not enough people think of it that way, that they're equal and you're teaching them more for them than it is for you, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's when you're teaching, you're basically serving two groups and that's your clients and that's the person you're teaching and it's not yourself and whatever it brings you at the end of the day is just a bonus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with, and the answer <laughs> to this may vary as you know, as you're my coffee buddy, but <laughs> how do you take your coffee? My go-to is an iced coffee these days, iced coffee with whole milk, or if it's the winter, then a hot coffee with whole milk. Um, but I also do love a shot of espresso. Um, I went to Paris years ago and that's like all my husband and I drank when we were there was uh, shots of espresso. And that was so lovely. And then, um, and then comes like all the specialty drinks. Like I'm not always in the mood for the specialty drinks that all of the companies like put out, but um, I, I do enjoy like a, a new seasonal pumpkin stuff or white mocha stuff. Yeah. You gotta be in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So next question is, can you think of the or one of the most embarrassing things that have ever happened to you behind the chair <laughs> when I first started out um as an assistant slash stylist um I was blow drying this woman's hair she had brown fuzzy hair and I was really struggling and I I was just in the flick of a hand her hair got stuck in the back of the blow dryer and I was like, oh, and she freaked out. And I remember I needed help. Like someone came over to help me. And I was, I felt so, so awful that day. Did that ever happen to you again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's happened to all of us. And it's always terrifying. Yeah. And can you talk about your favorite thing that clients do for you? So some examples of that could be something simple like them bringing you a coffee or it could be as complex as just the way they make you feel or being able to be there for them or DMing you, you know, a couple of days later to tell you that they like their hair. So what's your favorite thing? When they come in and we catch up because we're friends, 
Like I, like we almost like, not that we have like a super quick consultation, but I'll just be like, okay, this is what I think. This is what I want to do. I'm like, so into it. And they're like, okay, Sarah, go for it. And like kind of giving me creative control because they have that trust in me. And then that, then, you know, that's kind of like on pause because then we're just talking about our lives and having all the fun. And then at the very end, I whip out my uh, TV personality, Sarah, and be like, okay, girl, we're ready. I'm going to turn you around. How do you, what do you think? And then like, it's just, I don't know. It's like a makeover show in my head always. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it comes down to. And I love that it all also comes down to kind of what you said at the beginning, which is like about the connection, Yeah. right? That human connection. It's so cool. It's really so cool. Yeah. What we do is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. It was about time. Yeah. (laughs) Hanging out with friends. Well, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And it's so funny. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I was very nervous about this, but this was so much fun. It's always so much fun. It's always a little nerve wracking until we both roll up with our coffees in hand and realize that it's just. Yes, I have my, uh, for those of you who can't see, I have my, uh, I'm pretty sure we are more than best friends. We are like a really small gang mug that Simone gifted me, um, a couple years ago. And there's a, um, another friend of ours so anyway it's like a little cartoony group of us on this mug so I decided to um whip out this mug for this episode <laughs> and uh true to character I'm drinking my coffee out of um, a, a glass that is not intended for coffee because I have nothing else clean so <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but thank you Sarah this has been amazing and I'm sure it's going to be just super eye-opening and helpful to everybody. So again, I can't wait to um, hear back this, hear back the episode. This is so exciting. Yeah. Okay. So everybody give cool. her feedback. She loves it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the coffee and foils podcast. If you loved what you heard and want more, don't forget to rate subscribe and most importantly, share. As always, follow me for podcast updates at Coffee and Foils Podcast on Instagram and DM me with any topic ideas you may have. Thank you, and I'll see you next Monday.